Welcome to the Wellness is One podcast. I'm your host, Megan Safrik Nishibori. This is a place where we explore different aspects of wellness in the physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental spheres with other leaders and practitioners in the broad landscape of well-being. This is also a way to bridge and connect people as well as find more ways to support our wellness toolkits individually and as a community. Today, we have the good fortune of being with Diane O'Connor, who has been an educator for over 30 years at the Roper School, a school in Michigan for gifted children. And in recent years, she has been a tutor and educator at Brilliant Detroit. She's been an advocate for educating the whole child, in particular, the social and emotional aspects of children, not just the academic. In the last decade, we have seen a rise in pressure for schools, families, and children to get better test scores, attend specific schools, etc. And depending on where the children fit on the spectrum of socioeconomic status, gender, and race, they hear and receive varying amounts of social and emotional support in their lives. Anxiety, depression, and suicide are on the rise, and many kids show or articulate high levels of stress and adults, I'll add. (laughs) Um, This is on top of whatever traumas they might experience as they are growing up. Today, we are looking at how social-emotional support at every age of childhood may be one of the best things we can do to offer well-being for our children. And we are grateful to have Diane here today to explore this important topic. So hello, Diane. (laughs) Hi, Megan. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, thanks for being here. So I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about what social and emotional development means to you and what you have noticed about its impact on the well-being of children in, you know, of all socioeconomic, gender, and racial backgrounds. Sure, Megan. Um, one thing that I would say is certainly it's, it's really important for a person to develop socially, emotionally, because it's, our work in this life is finding our way in the world, essentially, and also how we can contribute. And we can't easily do that if we don't know who we are. And also if we don't know what our relationship with others is. And the thing is, experiences can shape this. Obviously, cultural norms are pressing on us all the time. And if we're, you know, if we identify ourselves in a way that may not be the majority um, way of thinking, it can be way more difficult and challenging. So it's so important to have a good sense of who we are and the contributions we can make. Yeah. Yeah. That's been my experience as well. And, and also, um, I, you know, underlining what you're saying around if, if, uh, if your cultural norms are not the majority um, and, uh, and that's how you identify or other people have, uh, put a particular identification on you, right? Um, if you don't know who you are, uh, then it is more difficult or, or have the uh, um, space to explore that or to have the nurturing to, to um, feel grounded in that, to know that that's okay to, to know who you are, um, then it, it can be really difficult to feel, um, to, to, to feel any kind of well-being. Yes. Is what really- I'm hearing you say. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. That's true. And I, I appreciate what you said about nurturing, because mm. I think that that's such an important component 
for parents as well as teachers or even getting to a point where you understand enough about yourself that you nurture yourself too and keep mm-hmm. growing in your understanding of who you are. That's a very important component. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we're, we're looking here with childhood and children, um, but this is not a thing that just stops once you stop becoming, you know, when you turn 18, <laughs> right? So Nurturing the, the well-being. But we, a lot of times we, th- you know, there's a certain, well, you just have to, uh, you, you do need to stop. You just have to become something else or adult or just shove that down or whatever. And then, you know, soldier on. And, and that's, you know, uh, what we're finding is it's not actually that uh, it's not sustainable and um, it's not supportive to the individual well-being or our communities if if we're not attending to all these different aspects of ourselves yeah it's definitely not it's counterproductive and um all the more reason to keep growing and opening ourselves to what we really can learn about ourselves versus what other people think we should be Mm, gosh yeah that's really important And, and that actually leads me to the next question of um, in terms of that uh, place of being able to to see who we are and what and what were um, our potential, uh, that unfolding potential, and to to be uh, available to see that, to have the space to explore that. Um, what what is what are, what is your sense of the importance of keeping that focus, even, you know, while we're also looking at, at that academic. So at school, for instance, um, can you speak to a little bit about the importance of that focus and, and how um, you might, you know, continue, you know, you might uh, have that focus um, of social, emotional uh, wellness in, in the way that you work with um, your children or the kids that you're working with? Most definitely. Um, The social emotional aspects are essential. And I would say underlie any sense of progress students might make. I think it's really Mm -hmm. important to establish a strong relationship with students in terms of a teacher, for example, having an understanding and appreciation for the strengths of each child as an individual I Mm -hmm. think that's essential. And to also help children begin to understand what they actually have to offer and to nurture it, to bring it out, um, to expect it, and not as much to to focus primarily on academic progress. The academic progress comes when children feel safe and comfortable and are ready to move forward that's what opens them to learning more than anything else and also a sense of enjoyment with that so the type of relationship a teacher establishes with each of their students certainly helps nurture that kind of growth i think of it in terms of mentorships that i've had over the years so it's not just as a teacher student Mm -hmm. kind of relationship but um and you think about close friends how oftentimes close friends will see things in you that you may not even recognize and appreciate those things, which helps you start to explore a little bit more and to understand more that aspect of yourself. So in an educational setting, the same would be true. Um, and, and it's, it, to me, one of the most important components. Yeah. 
Well, and what I'm hearing you say too is that it um, it is possible because again, you've you've worked with um, <clears throat> in lots of different situations and with lots of different children and um, with varying backgrounds of poverty, et cetera. Um, that uh, there is a way in which to con- connect with and um, nurture and support a child, even in really adverse circumstances. And the key around that is creating that relationship and trust and, um, and then really uh, nurturing uh, what you see in them and for them to expect to be able to be seen, to be heard and to be um, uh, supported in, in their growth. Yes. And I would also add that a really important aspect of that is listening. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's really listening, not from your own personal lens, but trying Mm -hmm. to open yourself to the lens of the child that you might be working with Mm -hmm. and to really endeavor to understand more. A lot of it is observation too. I mean, I think about having been a science teacher for a number of years, I I talked to my students about how important it is. But I remember even when I was in college, I had one professor that had us do assignments in making observations of children in different settings. And she stressed the importance of not looking at it through your own lens, but just being very open and objective. And I think that is important because sometimes we can color what we see in people by our own perceptions or by our own experiences. So mm-hmm. that openness and um, being able to listen is is really important. Yeah. And I'm also hearing um, curiosity uh, from a place of just wanting to um, understand and know and um, and and that that openness and listening lens and, and, and curiosity lends to um, uh, to not n- needing to have an answer, letting the answer kind of come and it come from the child and the relationship that you're establishing with the child of how to best support them. Yes, it's a wonderful point. I love that. I love the idea about curiosity too. Mm-hmm. And um, part of the learning process, whether it's social emotional or even academic, is the essence of that is curiosity because it does open you to discovering new things. And mm-hmm. what that's nothing could be more fun than that. Right. And yeah. it, even as a teacher, me discovering new things about the children I work with, and I mm-hmm. mention this to them a lot, that mm-hmm. I'm learning things from them all the time. And it's it's a joy to be able to share that kind of learning. Yeah. Yeah, yes, absolutely. So um, what, what is uh, what was coming in that you were dropping in that you were when you were talking about that was the, um, you know, in the field of psychology, they've talked that there's Maslow's hierarchy and people have talked about this before of that, you know, in order for people to really um, flourish, they have to have their basic needs met uh, and feel safe. And, um, and, and what I'm hearing from you is that, you know, even if other basic needs are not met, there is a way in which to, um, connect with a child and then create that basic to, to support the basic need of safety in the, um, academic 
environment through the social emotional development, like to, to connect with them in that way. And I'm wondering uh, if you have any, any thoughts on what parents might look for in their educational programs to, to see how that is being fostered, the social emotional development and how they might be able to advocate what questions they might be able to ask um, to get that to, if it, you know, to, to just sort of see where their um, where their uh, school is on that on that spectrum, I guess you could say. Sure, I think um, for parents as they're looking at schools, and it depends on if it's maybe a private or public setting in some ways. Mm-hmm. But um, if it's a private setting, certainly looking at the school's mission can tell a lot about what the focus of the school is. Or if it's a public setting talking to the principal at a school or another administrator can be helpful to get a sense of what the school's about. And, and some things like student-teacher ratio would be something to consider because mm-hmm. you would want to know um, how closely the teachers are able to really know the students and understand them as individuals. The other thing, and, and again, I don't know... Um, public school setting I know when my son first started uh, kindergarten he was at a public school and I talked to the principal who was wonderful and very generous and you know showed me through the school and I really felt like I got a lot just from talking with her so I was able to just see a, a little glimpse into classrooms if you're in a private school setting I would advocate visiting classrooms because then you can see teachers working with students and you would want to look for the way teachers interact with students. Um, Is it one size fits all or is it each time a teacher has an interaction with a student, they talk to them in a different way based on who they are. So that would be something to closely look at. Um, and also to get a sense of how, even how teachers might approach subject matter, um, maybe in a class discussion about something, watching to see how teachers interact with children in that setting. Do you get the sense that a teacher is just going on what their agenda is for that lesson? Or do you get a sense that maybe a child brings up an interesting point that may not be um, totally related, but it, it might have an application. Does the, the teacher go with that to affirm the child's thinking? Um, mm-hmm. or, or does it seem like the teacher's just like, you know, sticking with a very set agenda? So there are nuances you can observe if you're in a classroom. Um, but I would say also if you get a chance to talk with some teachers that would be a really good some good questions would be um what's your student teacher ratio is one of them but also um how much do you feel you individualize in the classroom and in what kinds of ways do you do that Mm. so just trying to get at how um teachers get to know their students and how they individualize would be important to look at yeah, those are really, those are fantastic points because I, I think sometimes, <clears throat> well, I'll just speak for myself as a parent, things I've heard from parents that they're not always um, 
sure how to navigate that and what to look for. And, and sometimes that, that to even wonder if they get, get to ask those questions um, and, and, or assuming that um, the, the schools are going to, you know, do, do everything they need to do. And, and they do try schools do try. It's just, it's not always, you know, it's, it's um, it's like, it's more of a partnership. Uh, and so finding ways in which to help support them and seeing how they can look for those things or to even know that those, that's important to look for sometimes is I'm really grateful that you were able to offer that. Um, and, and then in, in terms of those tools, you know, for parents, uh, because like I was saying, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a partnership. <laughs> um, you know, what are some things that you have a sense of that would be helpful for parents or caregivers to be doing at home uh, to support whatever is going on at school or to su supplement if they're not able to get, you know, as much as they would like for their children socially and emotionally at school. What are some things that, that you see would be helpful to do with for, for um, parents and caregivers? Okay. I will answer that, but I do want to just go back a little bit, yeah. Megan, to something you said, because there was okay. one other thing I wanted to mention. Um, I love what you said about partnership. I think that's essential um, for teachers to think about partnerships, not just with their students, but also with parents. That's mm -hmm. another aspect I would look for um, okay. as a parent. How much is a parent's voice heard? And not, not from the standpoint of a parent wanting to get what they want to get. You know, it's not as much that. As mm -hmm. much as how are parents' perspectives valued? I do think that's also important in a school setting for parents to realize that they know their children best and that teachers need to honor what they know, their wisdom about their children. So I, I also feel in this, um, this partnership and when it comes into the home environment, I also would hope that parents could trust the wisdom that they have and the love that they have for their children. I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. And then when parents are working with their children, for them to realize that it's a sense of love that guides them. And I also think it's true for teachers. And I think it should be also true for administrators at schools. But I think that that's an essential part of your work with your children is the love that you have for them and trust it. Um, and I think that sometimes it is intuitive where there are things that come to you, you know, things that you might say to your children or conversations you can have. But if you keep the basis on love, if that's kind of the, the sort of a rock for you, I suppose, um, I think that's really very helpful. But as far as things that you can do at home to support your children, as much as you can take time with them. Um, I remember when our kids were growing up, we had what we called together time. And I have two children. <laughs> and the together time was just a time that was pretty unstructured, but it was pretty much doing what each of my kids were interested in doing. And I'm not talking about like necessarily going places, just things at home, you know, the way they wanted to play. And I would spend time just getting to know that with them, what it was. I mean, I ended up playing hockey with my son, which of course wasn't necessarily what I normally would do, 
I learned more about trucks and vehicles than I ever thought I would understand. <laughs> and dinosaurs too, which helped me in my science. But um, and for my daughter, it was a lot of imaginative play, which I love about her. She's still so much that way. So I think really getting to know your children as people is important, not just you know, like, come on, it's time to get going. We need to do this. We need to do that. But really spend some time with them as much as you possibly can and ask them what they think about things, you know, have conversations too. Um, those are really important things and acknowledge their thinking. It, it may be that they don't have a complete understanding of everything. And I think about my students too, just in terms of the science realm, um, but what's important is the stress on what they're thinking at that time and what they understand at that time. Sometimes just even posing questions opens that a little bit and, and then they come to some other understandings. But mostly spend time listening, loving, spending time, having conversations. I think all of those are important. Mm -hmm. That just feels really good as you were saying that, because it, um, uh, it that seems to be uh, my experience, and I I love that that um, that w what you're pointing to of if the if the you know if you get kind of knocked off course, if you can just come back to that rock of love as being the guiding guiding point or force and then getting you know from that there gets to be the curiosity and the and what you were you know really saying around. Um, getting to, uh, you know, in, instead of the feeling sometimes I think parents feel is, oh gosh, we're going to have to play this again. It's getting to be really curious about what is coming out of this human being, <laughs> you know, what <laughs> they're wanting to talk about and what they're uh, looking at, what they're thinking about. And, you know, that this is this, they're, they're getting, they're showing you their world. Mm -hmm. And you're getting to be a part of it because they don't have to do that. Um, they're, they're choosing to, and they want to with you and um, you get to be a part of that. And so really, like you were saying, I, I just so appreciate that, that cultivating that time and that they're important and that you're really listening and that, um, and that you're getting to benefit too. Uh, that it's, you know, it's not just this chore that you need to do. Um, or this thing you need to do in order to get to the next thing. Like, it's just, you're getting to be there with them in that, in that moment. And both of you are getting to benefit and grow and, um, and be, you know, real, I mean, it really is, sounds uh, to me, and it's my experience is very relaxing, which is so good for the whole nervous system, <laughs> just the whole, <laughs> both beings, you know, I mean, if mm -hmm. you're, you know, looking at that whole wellness piece. So, um, so those, those are some wonderful, uh, and, and to not, um, to not, uh, get hung up on how much or how little, cause even five minutes, you know, just even it, it just the littlest amount of time and then building from there and not getting upset if you can't, you know, I'm talking about as a parent, like that you're doing something wrong or you failed or you, you know, to just start from where you are and then you know, continue to build and, and, and do what you can. Uh, but just being able to know that those tools are available and that you can practice with it. It's all practice. Yeah. Is, um, when I'm kind of um, hearing too, is, you know, don't need to, 
there isn't some kind of competition around it. <clears throat> right. Right. Yeah. Very true. And yeah. I love, I love what you keep saying about curiosity, Megan, because I feel like that's a wonderful way to think about um, anyone you're interacting with in terms of being curious and yeah. it, it leads to greater understanding. And I think um, when you have interactions with whether it's children or adults, um, having the other person feel understood is such a huge piece of this too. And I mm. know in, in an educational setting, it's very important. And, and that again, sort of solidifies this um, bond that's, you know, built on trust. Yeah. And um, so I love what you said about that. And, and I think that's definitely an important piece. And it's one for me to continue thinking about. Because yes, yeah, sometimes, maybe if you're repeating the same thing, like I was playing hockey a lot. Right. <laughs> but what I could key in on is the delight with my son and his strategies. And I started mm -hmm. to like actually see a lot more about him through that process. And um, sometimes even in, I'm thinking about my science class now, but when we talk about how you look at things closely, you might look at something and say, oh, I've seen this before. But if you look more deeply and if you're really curious about it, you see so many more facets and that's so true for everyone, you know, in terms of self-understanding, whether you're looking mm -hmm. within or if you're looking at others, it's a way just to really appreciate the depth and the beauty that's there. Mm. Yeah, no, so true. That is beautifully stated. Absolutely. So that sounds like then, you know, as we're um, with this, with the last question for today and um, I don't know. I could talk about this for hours uh, with you. So, <laughs> but, but I know we have to, so Another time um, we will exactly, exactly. So, um, if there, it's so if we were kind of pointing to one or two th things, but you know, to sort of wrap it up in terms of if there were one or two things that you want people to remember and take away from from what we're talking about this morning today, what what would they be? Oh boy. Um, I think I'm going to actually say three things because these, okay. I think, emerged just through this conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I definitely would say love would be first. Um, mm -hmm. And I would also say listening. And I love that part about curiosity. Just those three things. If, if you can stay with that in terms of really growing socially emotionally um really nurturing your child the child within you as well those three things i think would be very important so it's, it, it would lead to knowing yourself it would lead to empathy and kindness it would lead to establishing good relationships with others as well as with yourself yeah yeah, and what I'm hearing in that too is that when there's that um, the that uh, sense of w w what I was experiencing as you were talking about, like that sense of calmness, and um, and and really just being able to relax into the knowing of who you are and the excitement, even as we were talking about earlier, um, then it is then any you know 
the academics are available, like anything, there's so much more available to a person to be able to hear and receive and grow from. Uh, it's when we're in that rigid kind of um, uh, hunkering down and feeling um, unloved, unheard, and uh, afraid rather than, you know, loved and listened to and um, curious, right? When we're in that opposite state, it's, it's really difficult to, to grow or to receive. And what yeah. I'm hearing from you is those three things that the, the love, the listening, and um, the curiosity really can be the, the, the focal points from which everything can really flourish. And that that's what we want to offer for people to be able to like hold on to as they go out um, into the world and, and, and sort of practice with that and, and invite that into their lives, like get to do that more. And, and um, that, that you've seen that for you in the work that you've done, that that really helps, uh, you know, to do people to be able to really develop and, um, and, uh, and, you know, be the change that we want for the world. Yes. Yes. Really well said, Megan. Absolutely. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much, Diane, for, um, uh, for participating today. <laughs> and, um, and, and like you said, we'll get to hopefully do it again. And um, yeah, so thank you so much for, for doing this. Thank you too, time. Megan. It was a pleasure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.